Thank you for tuning in to the Beyond the Check Service Industry Podcast. If you're enjoying what you're listening to and all my amazing guests have to offer, please consider supporting the show by subscribing to our Patreon. The link is at the bottom of the descriptions. All donations go to support our ability to continue to bring you fun and informative content. We can never do it without support from the listeners like you. So thank you. I appreciate you all. And without further ado. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Check Service Industry Podcast. I am Rashawn Parker, and if you haven't yet, please go watch my television series, Beyond the Check Worker Owner Edition, now streaming on Amazon Prime and 2B TV, Fox's 2B TV. It's free TV, and you get to meet a lot of awesome chef owners who are doing great things in their restaurants. I have a fantastic guest today. Uh, she is an amazing, an amazing chef, author, and TV personality. Uh, she was the host of the nationally televised PBS series Chow Italia. Uh, she's also the author of 14 cookbooks and most recently Chow <laughs> Italia Plant Harvest Cook. Uh, she's uh, worked beside world-renowned chefs such as Julia Child, Jackie Pepin, Martin Yan, Jasper White, and countless others. Uh, she's been on many, many TV shows, including The Today Show, Regis and Kelly, Hallmark Channel. The list goes on and on. She has won multiple awards, and she is a uh, Lifetime Achievement Award winner of just so many things. She's, a, she's, a, she's an award winner at life. That's what she is. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I am pleased to introduce my guest today, Marianne Esposito. Hi, wow. Marianne. Hi. Ciao to you. That was a great introduction. I'm so happy to talk to you. I'm so happy to talk with you. It's, it looks like a beautiful fall day you're having there. Yes, it's a beautiful fall day, nice and crisp. So it's a great day to cook. <laughs> it's always a great day to cook. Um, where are you right now? Well, I'm really uh, in New Hampshire. I've lived in New Hampshire for 35 years, and I've produced my shows from New Hampshire and from uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, you you have the best falls. We do. Beautiful, you know, foliage. Like, yeah. You get to just drive drive across the hills and just look out across the, the beautiful yeah, kaleidoscope. beautiful. This is my favorite time of year. Yeah, I'm in Savannah, Georgia. I don't get any of that. <laughs> yeah, but you have nice weather all year long, <laughs> for yeah. the most part, you know. Nice, quote unquote, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have so much to, to talk to you about, but I guess let's just discard it with, um, you have a new cookbook coming out. I do, yes. Mm. It's all about vegetables. I have a copy right here, see? Chowatalia Plant Harvest Cook. And uh, this book was written during the pandemic, actually, because that was a time when we could not produce the shows. We could not produce our shows for PBS. So it was a good time to hunker down and write this cookbook. So it came out of the pandemic, and it's based on 35 years of gardening with two episodes uh, that are based in our home garden, which is the Chow Italia Garden, for a PBS series. So I thought it was a, a timely book because... People were hunkered down. They were looking for things to do. They wanted to eat well. Uh, you know, they were pretty much restricted with the pandemic. And so I decided that a healthy vegetable cookbook was something that, you know, could be of use to people. And when we came out of the pandemic, the book was finished and it's now out there and it will be released on November 15th to the public. 
Yay. <laughs> and Yay. we're all going and we can all be a little bit healthier. Exactly. So with delicious recipes. With delicious recipes, delicious yeah. vegetable recipes. Yes, so, covering so it's everything. Like, not not even like trying to be just like a, a vegetarian cookbook, but oh, like no. a veg like a vegetable we, cookbook. A vegetable cookbook that covers everything from antipasto to soups to main dishes to pasta dishes to even desserts. We have recipes using vegetables for desserts. So it's a book that anybody can use. And you don't have to have a garden, a plot of land, you know, behind your house in order to use it. You can use this book with vegetables that you get in your grocery store or you get from a community garden or you do some container gardening. Or if you happen to have a little <laughs> plot of land with your house, you, you grow your own vegetables. So it's very versatile. It's, it's, a, it's a book that anybody can use. That's wonderful. Uh, you do cover just a little bit about gardening in there too, though, right? Oh, I do. Yeah. So if you want to plant your own garden, I tell you how. But I didn't want this book to be something that was so esoteric and over the top that people would be, you know, kind of scared away from it because they thought, oh, my God, I have to I have to know so much about gardening. You only have to know a few <laughs> things in order to garden. I know everything that I know about gardening from my husband, Gaetano, who taught me what I know about gardening. So this book is in, in a way a tribute to him. And uh, oh, every, nice. mis every mistake that has ever been made in gardening, I've done it. And uh, I'm still here <laughs> to tell you that it's a, it's a pretty neat process once you get going and the book tells you how to plant things if you want to plant them. But it, it's not a, a huge tome about, oh my God, you got to have a pH content of this and that. But I do tell you basic things about gardening, you know, like when the best time to plant, what you should know before you plant, you know, what zone are you in? That's an important thing to know before you, you, you plant anything, because some zones you can plant things a lot earlier than you can in others. I'm in New England, so I'm in zone five. So the book is pretty much based on the timing of vegetables that are available in the spring and summer. And so it's, it's a timely book for anybody. Nice. My, my mother was a huge gardener when I was a kid. We had, you know, we'd go out into the garden and pull yeah. the snap peas and eat them right off of there. Right. Even, even the corn was delicious just yeah. right off, right really off the Really fresh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she was all into the moon cycles. She was, it was all about exactly. the moon cycles of oh, planting yes. and... There's a lot of wisdom connected with that. That's so true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you know, gardening itself is connecting with nature. Right? Yes. And yes. I have a brown thumb. I have, I have, I, I have trouble keeping a house plant alive. <laughs> well, you know, I keep my dogs alive because they remind me that I need to. Yeah. But that the plant doesn't always get my attention. Yeah, so, you know, I, yeah. So it, it, you don't have to have a green thumb, though. I mean, if you, this book has just got very simple advice. It, it, for instance, you wouldn't plant lettuce in Savannah when it's ninety degrees, right? No. You'd have to wait until it was cooler. So lettuce is a, a plant that you would plant in the spring, as opposed to tomatoes, which needs hot weather. You would plant in the summer. So the book is divided into the spring and the summer garden, so that you know when to plant. What, when? So easy, even my wife could do it. Exactly. We're, we're, we want, we got a yard now, so we have a, we have a backyard and room to put in gardens. Uh, we haven't mm -hmm. got around to it yet, but uh, it is a thing that I'd really like to do. And I'm thinking that maybe your book can definitely help me with that. This will spur <laughs> you on. <laughs> Fantastic. And then I, I can I can eat healthy vegetables. I'll have to I'll have to I'll have to bust yeah. out the can the canning kit at some point too. 
No, there's no canning in this book. I, there are other no. ways to do to pre, nope. There are other All ways right, to let's... preserve foods. So right now you know that fermented vegetables are huge. It's huge. It's a, it's a whole new genre. So fermenting um, is mentioned in this book, and it's a very easy way to do it. You take bunches of different vegetables, you put them in a jar, you make this pickling mixture, which is easy on your stovetop with vinegar and pickling spices and some basil <laughs> and bay leaves and sugar. You pour it over the raw vegetables in the jar, you cap it, you put it in your refrigerator. Just let it sit there for a month or so. And then, you know, you can enjoy pickled vegetables. There's none of this canning stuff. I've been through uh-huh. that process. Yeah, no. <laughs> Other... <laughs> Other ways to preserve. I remember. I remember years of my no. of my grandparents and my mom just being like, "Oh, it's canning time," and it's just it was such yeah, an ordeal. It is an ordeal, and you know a lot of people don't have time for canning. But you know what? If you invested in a dehydrator, uh, it would pay for itself in just one use. So one well, of the I things our air yeah. fryers can do that now. Yes, true. And one of the things I like to dry are plum tomatoes. So I dry the tomatoes on a dehydrator, and then I put them in jars with olive oil and salt Mm. and and black peppercorns, cap them. I put them in a water bath, and I've got these tomatoes all winter long, and they're perfect for like a bruschetta or if you want to make a sauce out of them, you want to add them to soups and stews, perfect. The other thing you can do is if you have a freezer, is you take tomatoes right from the garden, don't process them. Put them in don't plastic. process. No, them. don't process them. Put them in plastic bags. Throw them in your freezer. Now you want to make a tomato sauce, right? So you yeah. take you take that bag out with these frozen marble-like tomatoes, and you throw them in a soup pot, and you cook these tomatoes down just with a little bit of water added to the base of the pan, just to film the pan. When those tomatoes are collapsed, then you can either put them through a, a blender or use your immersion blender or your food processor and just whirl them up until they are they are a saucy consistency. And then you add a little garlic to some olive oil in a pan. You add these tomatoes and some basil, salt, a little sugar if you want, cook, 20 minutes, done. You have tomato sauce. No no boiling, no pulling the no, skins off? No, 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 because no, you're, you're blending. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, Easy. That's the one thing that keeps me from making fresh tomato sauce no, is literally no, you, I don't want to stew and peel the, you don't peel have the skins to. off. You don't have to because when you when you, um, you use an immersion blender or you just use a blender or food processor, all of that gets ground up together. And actually, think about it. There's a lot of vitamins in those skins. You know, you, you want that. Yeah. It, what you can do if you really are a purist about this is then take that pureed sauce and put it in a sieve, like a very fine sieve, and just, you know, stir it around it. and strain it. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Ooh. we have been doing it. We've been making it so hard for so long. I know I've never even heard of freezing the tomato. So, like, right. even, like, say, like, a couple nights before I wanted to make sauce, yeah. I, I could put them in the freezer the, the ice will kind of break it down a little, right? You just that- take the frozen bag of tomatoes. It could be cherry tomatoes, plum, not not salad tomatoes, because salad tomatoes are not good for sauce. But plum tomatoes, no. because they're meaty and they've got a lot of pulp, they're frozen. You're throwing them in the pot, frozen. And then, as I say, you add a little bit of water, you just cook them down, and then you Man. just zip, zip, done. <laughs> 
You have changed my entire sauce making process. Thank you. <laughs> that is life affirming. <laughs> oh man, would you ever get like so? I usually I do a crock pot sauce. So I'll, okay. I'll yeah. when I usually make the tomato sauce, I'll just let it sit in the crock pot for like eight hours mm-hmm. with like with like the stewed tomatoes and, mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. But we could just take our frozen tomatoes, oh, yeah. put it in there, let it sit. Eight hours? Take, this take, is this is done in fifteen minutes. Yeah, you don't 15 need fifteen minutes. Yeah. We don't need eight hours. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about all the energy you're using on that little small crock pot of yours. Uh-huh. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is so fast. Man. That is, that is brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would like to talk about uh, just your life, if you, if you don't mind. Sure. Sure. So, like, back in the day, you yeah. m- managed to get yourself a cooking show, which you still have. Yes. And how did that all come about? What were, what were you doing leading up to that? Um, well, what I was doing leading up to that was taking, uh, I was taking courses in Italy in cooking schools. So I would visit different regions of Italy because, you know, people think that everything is red sauce. You know, they think it's deep dish Chicago style pizza, um, spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> and uh, Italian regional food is none of that. Yeah, so, no meatballs. Meatballs were not. Well, not there Italian, are meatballs, right? but you, yes, they're Italian, but you would never serve them with spaghetti together. Meatballs are always the second mm. course. The pasta is the first course. This is a shock to people when they first go to Italy, you know, <laughs> when they want, they want spaghetti and meatballs. So anyway, um, I spent a lot of time in Italy. And when I came back, I decided to approach my um, TV station, my PBS station, which is in the town that I live in. And, of course, I live in New Hampshire, and so you, you really can't find too many Italians in New Hampshire, you know. So when I went to the station to propose this, they just kind of looked at me like, I, you know, they knew what pot roast was, but they had no idea what asopuco was. So it was, it, you know, it was a hard sell, and they told me, no, we can't do this. No, no, no. Okay, so I just went back to what I was doing. I had a catering business. I was teaching classes. I was making those trips to Italy in different cooking schools, and then... About a year later, that same TV station called me and said, you know, maybe we should do a pilot program, which meant them coming to my house and filming something that they could take out and put out over the airways and see what kind of reaction it got. So that's, yeah. what, they, that's what they did. And, uh, you know, people like Italian food. So I guess it, it got pretty good reaction. So they said, OK, we'll give you a, we'll give you a try. So we'll, let's do 13 shows. <laughs> so we did 13 shows in their studio. And it went to PBS, and bingo, we were on the national grid. So that was right. that was kind what, of good. What's the episode count to this day? We have Do done you know. over 500 episodes. We've got 1,500 videos, 1,300, <laughs> 1300 recipes, and they're, guess what? They're all free. So you can go to the Chow Italia website, which is chowitalia.com, and access them. So this is our... 30th year of broadcast, which makes Ciao Italia the longest running continuous cooking show in America. So, happy anniversary well, to you! you. <laughs> I'll tell you, bravo, course, bravo. I started when I was 10. So, anyway, um, <laughs> people love Italian regional food, and the, the, whole, the whole premise of Ciao Italia, the, the cooking show, is to teach people about the diversity of Italian regional food. I remember on my very first episode, I made this statement. I said, there is no such thing as Italian food. And that's true to this day. 
There is no such thing as Italian food. There's only regional food. And Italy has 20 regions. Each of those regions cooks a lot differently. Where did you say you're located now? In, in Savannah? I'm in Savannah, Georgia. Savannah. Okay. When I come to Savannah, I am not looking for pizza. I'm looking for <laughs> peach pie, right? Uh, peach I'm gobbler, for, yeah, shrimp and grits. It. That's right. That's um, right. So you yeah. eat what those people make that is important to them. As the same collard greens, collard greens, beans, <laughs> yes, grits, shrimp. Yeah. Okay. So this regional, is true. regional, regional, yeah. regional, exactly. So, but over there, we we think of American food. You know, hamburgers and French fries, right? Like yeah, that's sure. That's what the world thinks of us, and we yeah. look at it Italy, and we're like spaghetti and meatballs, meatballs exactly. and we're all wrong. We're all wrong. <laughs> we're all wrong. <laughs> well, you know, we, uh, we don't quick. pigeonhole. Don't pigeonhole <laughs> no, your food, people. That's, that's right. That's the thing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. I, Thirty years, yeah. rocking it out. Yep. That's 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 a lot of content to watch and a lot of it, a lot of regional Italian. Do you have a favorite region? Well, you know, half my heritage is Sicilian, so I, I love Sicily and of course Southern Italy. The other part's Campania, where Naples, you know. Um, so I'm I'm partial to those foods, but I cover the whole boot. So I, you know, we go from the north to the south because we we have to be really impartial. I remember um, one year I take groups to Italy every year to cooking school. I'm going to be going on Saturday to Umbria with another group. But one year I took the group to Naples and they want, of course, I said, you're going to eat pizza because this is the home of pizza. Right. And we're going to we're going to have a margarita pizza. Classic margarita pizza. Okay, But somebody said to me, you know what? Can I get a pepperoni pizza? I said, sure. Go ahead and order. So ordered a pepperoni (laughs) pizza. It comes to her. She said, I didn't order this. I said, yes, you did. You ordered pizza with pepperoni. She said, but, but there's, no, there's, no, there's no sausage. I said, that's right. Because in Italian, pepperoni means peppers. That's what you got. <laughs> a pizza with peppers. <laughs> we got it all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love just a traditional margarita, though? She should have just stuck with it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You, you can't go wrong with fresh mozzarella and basil. Tomatoes. No. No, <laughs> that's that's fun. So uh, I actually I had a, a gentleman on my TV show for episode six that was uh, from Naples, and so he claimed you know he claimed rights to the pizza and, and to the sauce. <laughs> but uh, he his 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 favorite thing was uh, to just make everything for Americans less salty. Uh-huh. So like. Because for some reason we we like salt, but like in Italian cooking, there's so many things that already have the salt. Yeah. So there was no reason to ever add additional additional That's salt, right. and so all of his dishes were kind of based around that because his community mm-hmm. was you know I, I, older, and so mm-hmm. they were watching their sodium. And so that was that was amazing to realize that you could all the fresh ingredients can take the place of the seasonings, and you don't really need. All the That's additives. right. In Italian food, with Italian food, less is more. That's the key. If the ingredients are fresh, you don't have to do much to it. You know, so so Italian food is not layered with sauces and all this stuff on top of it. You know, less is more. So if you have a beautiful piece of, let's say, bronzino, and you you bake this fish, all you need on top of that 
is a little drizzle of extra virgin olive oil, lemon juice, and bingo. It said, let the food shine. Let the flavor come through, which is just so classic with Italian regional food. So back to the cookbook now. Yeah. Um, So as far as, you know, fresh ingredients and all of this gardening, um, the dishes themselves in the book, do you have, do you have, do you have a favorite? I mean, I imagine I I haven't got to read, read uh, Read the book yet. Yeah. 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 But is there, I don't have a favorite. They're all my, they're all my favorites. Creating Italian dishes out from the garden, though. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you maybe walk me through like one that you, one that you would recommend for somebody? Oh my God! You know, it, what I did with this book was I took traditional uh, uh, vegetables that everyone can find in their grocery store, but those that Italians love most, like let's guess tomatoes, zucchini, eggplant, eggplant. broccoli, rot. Egg, <laughs> yeah, broccoli rape, those types of things, and. I created the recipes so that they reflected an Italian style to them. So they're created in the Italian style. For instance, an eggplant parmigiana. Most people kill this dish, and it would not be recognizable (laughs) anywhere in southern Italy because they start with thick slices of eggplant that they've breaded. And then they fry, and then they layer with sausage and hard-boiled eggs and ricotta (laughs) cheese, mozzarella cheese, mushrooms, and call that a parmigiana. Now, an eggplant parmigiana in Italy is none of that. It's thin slices of eggplant, young eggplant, so there's very few seeds in it. You can skip that whole salting thing that you have Mm. to do with those jumbos because the seeds are where the bitterness is. So if you start with young eggplant, and I tell you this in the book, if you start with young eggplant, you don't have to do any of that. And don't take the skin off. That's where all of the nutrients are. So you've got very thin... (laughs) I love you too. You have very thin... Yeah. You're doing thin layers, so you're putting down a bed of tomato sauce that you made... It's not from a jar, very easy, and then a layer of a thinly sliced eggplant that you've quickly uh, just fried very quickly in some olive oil. Like light olive oil, just... Yeah, right, right, in the pan, and then you add some salt and pepper, some Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese, and then you start with the next layer, because when you cut into this thing, it's not a lead bomb that's going to sit in your stomach all day long it's a very ethereal dish you don't even know you ate Mm. it it's so light that's Mm. a real parmigiana not what we have done to it so i go i tell you about things like that for um broccoli rape which is a bitter green and here's the kicker on this one i get so many questions from people who say well you know broccoli rape it's so bitter how do you take the bitterness out i said get real the bitterness is part of the vegetable. And if you boil this to death, forget it. You might as well throw it in the garbage. You've thrown, you, you've gotten rid of all the vitamins, everything. Bitter there is There are no better. nutrients left. No. Bitter is better. Bitter, bitter is better. So I, we, we created a cavatelli dish, which is like a little gnocchi, that has mm-hmm. broccoli rape, which you have cut up very sm- in small pieces, and sauteed very quickly 
in a little bit of olive oil. And then you've combined this with the cooked cavatelli. But on the top of that, you have sprinkled these delicious breadcrumbs that you have browned in a little bit of olive oil. You could use butter. That's a classic dish from Puglia. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. So so simple, so delicious. Um, Dishes that I've, yeah, I wish I could, you know, just hand that to you. There are so many other recipes (laughs) in this book. Yeah, one of the things we did, one of the things I talk about is like, what do you do when you have an excess of vegetables? What are you going to do? All right, you gave them away to your friends. They're sick of your zucchini because you've left them on the doorstep and, you know, you've run out secretly in the dark. So what are you (laughs) going to do? Well, I tell you, you can do a lot of things with zucchini. As you know, one of the things I like to do is I shred the zucchini on a cheese grater and then I wrap them in, in, you know, increments of like a cup or so full, freeze them. And then when I'm making soups or stews or meatloaf, I add this shredded zucchini. And believe me, if you make a meatloaf with shredded zucchini, they are very, very moist. And I have a son who hates zucchini. And he loves my meatloaf. He doesn't even know it's in there. So this is a great way to get something into kids, you know, a, a new way to, to approach uh-huh. their um, thinking about <laughs> vegetables. There's so many Actually, different uh, techniques in the book and so many ways to use these vegetables. Man, I'm so excited for your book. Uh, I, I do that. I try to I hide kale and stuff like a lot. Yeah. Uh, my meatloaf, I, I, I kind of overload with peppers and onions to keep yeah. it moist as well. But yeah. I never thought just zucchini in there. Yes, shredded to, zucchini. To, now, to hold now, the moisture. Let me ask you let me ask you about your meatloaf because I'm curious. Yes, let's talk about Do meatloaf. you do you or do you not cook the onions before you add them to the meatloaf? Be honest. Uh I do sometimes and I don't sometimes. It really depends oh, on see there's on, a good answer. So I mean I honestly I <laughs> yeah. like the I I like it both ways. So I, I do prefer it if I take the time to, to saute yes, the onions. Exactly, um, I do too. Yeah, that's better. But I don't always. Um, yeah. My meatloaf, my meatloaf recipe is very nineteen seventies. Uh, that's that's put, nothing wrong with that. I, I put a little. I've actually put ketchup and mustard into my meatloaf. Mm, sounds okay. good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yes, I, yes. I Ritz crackers. I'm a Ritz cracker yeah. guy. Okay, and, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, plus peppers, onions, and. Salt and pepper. That's pretty much. That's pretty much it. It's not real complicated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do mm-hmm. a little barbecue sauce style style top instead of just like on ketchup, top. Right? Yeah. So, uh huh. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And yeah. I, it's a hit. Like because you know meatloaf can be not good. <laughs> a lot, a lot True. Of, you know, and but, <laughs> but good meatloaf. Very good. Good meatloaf is yeah. amazing, right? And it's people are scared of it sometimes to be like, oh, meat, yeah. no, I don't really, I don't, but try my meatloaf. Yeah. It's not, I'm yeah. telling you, it's, it's different. Yeah, so so if you have an excess uh, amount of zucchini, that's one thing you can do with it. Now, what do you do with when you have a lot of eggplant? Okay, you've made uh, parmigiana, you've put it in the freezer, you've, sought, you've stuffed it, you've done all these other things. What else can you <laughs> do with it? Well, one thing you can do with it, cut those babies in half, put them cut side down in, in a baked dish, put them in the oven, covered with foil and just bake them until they're really soft. Then what I do is I scoop out all the pulp and I make meatballs with them. There's no meat in it. It's all eggplant. So it's just the eggplant. It's the, it's breadcrumbs. It's cheese. It's egg. It's a little flour. 
you form yeah. the balls, you cook them in a little bit of olive oil, you sit them on a puddle of fresh tomato sauce. Yeah. Delicious. And oh my you know gosh. what? A lot, a lot of people think they're meat and there's, there's no meat in it. It's fabulous. I'm making that and not telling my wife until she tries them. Okay, the recipe's <laughs> on our website. Check it out. I, yeah. I, I will. Is it okay if I make a video of me trying to make them? Oh, I would love that. Yes. Cool. Don't make awesome. any mistakes. So I will. <laughs> Pressure's on. No, no, no pressure, Mary. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, so, uh, you, you, do you still like with all the cooking that you do? Do you do you still make dinner at night or? I make I make dinner every day. Every now, night, like today, every day. Every day. Today we're having homemade pizza. I made the dough two days ago because I like to retard the dough. Pizza, making pizza dough is the easiest thing in the world. So simple. Uh, so I retired the dough. I've got, now got the dough sitting out, resting, get, coming back to room temperature. And tonight I'm going to make gorgonzola, trumpet mushroom, and caramelized onion pizza. Oh, yeah. Can I come over for dinner? Yeah. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and, and there- sure. I also made stuffed peppers today. I'm, Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I, uh, what do you do for your stuffed peppers? Yeah. I, I, my last, my last attempt at my stuffed peppers were lackluster. Um, I used to make them differently. I can't. I hadn't I, made them in years, and I couldn't remember how I used to do it because I never yeah. wrote it down. Well, I make but, my mother's. I make my mother's stuffed peppers, but hers, I always bake them upside down because she baked them upside down. So you stuff, stuff them, whatever, whatever filling you want. I use everything from like wild rice to couscous to uh, pasta to, you know, ground turkey or ground beef, whatever. But whatever your mixture is, you put it in that pepper and then you turn the pepper upside down in your bake dish. And you upside bake them down. like that cover upside down because this will retain the moisture from the pepper. And also think about all of the juice. If you're doing meat, the juices mm-hmm. that are just going to sit inside that pepper instead of, you know, leaking out. Then when they're cooked, you just carefully turn them up right side up and bingo. Delicious. Delicious. So I used to do halves. Yeah. I do, I had half the peppers and do them stuffed that way. I've cored the peppers and stuffed them that way. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I found that, that I, I like them better halved for some reason. Sure, just because I could, that's fine. You could get yeah. more more filling in them, and then right. they were like, you yeah, know, that's just, another way of doing. It's also prettier to yeah. take the picture of. It's hard to get the picture. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know. And when you have excess peppers, what I do with those is I put them on the grill, get them black, you know, and then I take the skin off. I take the seeds out, but I don't rinse the peppers to take the seeds out because once you do that, you've lost all of the flavor. Instead, what you Mm. need to do, it is a pain in the neck, is to take a paper towel and just, you know, get the seeds out like that. So you've retained the flavor of the pepper itself. Then I cut cut Mm. them into strips. I put them in little freezer bags. And I stick them in the freezer. Then when I'm making sausage and peppers or I need peppers for, you know, cacciatore or whatever it is I'm making, I just drag it out and I, and I have fresh peppers. And it already kind of has that, 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 that smoky flavor from yeah. the, from the right. char left over. From, yeah. this, from the char. Yeah, exactly. Reminds me a lot. Have you ever heard of flavor bombs? Yes, flavor I bomb. have. <laughs> uh, yep. it's, which, which I th- it's just basically keeping this, your your sauces or whatever you've made to use in the future. I, I interviewed the lady who like 
made flavor bombs. And mm-hmm. basically was just the idea of holding on to things so that it just made cooking easier. And that just reminds me a lot of like what you're saying of, you know, keep the peppers ready. They're, they're, they're yeah. there. They're ready yeah. for you when you need them. They're full of flavor already. You yeah. don't have to do any extra work to, to get to where right. you need to be. It's just right. You're making my life so much easier today. I want you to know that. <laughs> oh, I feel so good about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am I am doing that sauce like ASAP for sure. First, I gotta find some. Far- I gotta go to the. Far- I gotta wait till Saturday. I gotta go to the farmers market to get the tomatoes. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't you don't have to grow these vegetables. You you can go to a farmers market. You can go to your local grocery store. You the recipes in this book are doable for any any type of platform you want to use. <laughs> <laughs> And, and there's so you have so many other cookbooks to to look into too. Like, you are a plethora a plethora of knowledge, my dear. Well, I've been studying Italian regional food for over thirty five years, so I better know something by now. I mean, you're the you're the expert. I think I think I think you can now just be labeled our our, our America's Italian grandmother. <laughs> Oh, great. Thanks a lot. Mother, mother. I'm sorry. America's yeah, Italian how mother. Cousin? How about cousin? Uh, <laughs> aunt? Aunt? Yeah, that's good. Aunt is good. Yeah. All right. There we go. Right. Marianne Esposito, America's Italian aunt. Oh, yeah, thank so you. I, I, was, All right. I always think of Italian food as the world's comfort food. Like, like yes, the world, yes, Like true. the world's comfort food. Yes, yes, right. Yes, that's true. Uh, you go granted, to New York like, City, most of the, if you go to New York City, most of the restaurants, a good portion of them are Italian, right? It's mm-hmm. right up there. I mean, it's a cuisine that never really goes out. It never really goes out. No. I mean, and it, even people, you know, comfort food is traditionally like for, for individuals what they grew up with, right? What, what they ate as children, what you're raised on, that's the thing that makes you. Yeah feel at home and you know pasta and noodles right you, you know are very noodles, comforting no, yes very comforting uh, sauce yeah. right just yeah mm-hmm. always yeah. good always delicious great on a fall day great on a winter day mm-hmm. on a spring day any day any day any day is that, and, your, is that and your husband my favorite comfort food is something called that's him back there the gardener say hi you're on Hi, camera. Hello. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. All Thank right. You. Uh, my favorite Thank you comfort for... food. My favorite. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take no, go ahead. What's your favorite my, comfort food? My my favorite comfort food is something called cacho pepe. You, do you know what cacho pepe is? I do not know what cacho pepe is. Please tell me. Cacho pepe is is a classic dish from Rome and it means cacio means cheese in Italian and pepe means pepper. So this is just a simple pasta dish with cheese and pepper. But the pasta has to be a really good quality pasta. The cheese has to be pecorino cheese, which you know pecorino. is a sheep's milk pecorino. cheese. Yes, pecorino sheep's milk cheese. And the pepper has to be coarse ground. And that is all there is to it. You know, sometimes people say to me, what? Aren't there more ingredients? No. 
You don't need more. Remember what I said? Less <laughs> uh-huh. is more. You got you got a good pasta. You got a good extra virgin olive oil. You have a good cheese, an authentic cheese that doesn't come in a little box, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. you you're you're good. You're done. That's it. That's the whole recipe. So simple, so beautiful. Just just so like simple. you, my dear. <laughs> just like <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for like hanging out with me today. I really appreciate it. I I've love learned... hanging out with you. Can I come again? You can anytime you want, please. Any day, <laughs> any day you want. We will hang out and talk for hours. Uh, All right, speaking... let's do something this winter. All right. Well, wintertime, wintertime <laughs> Italian with, with Marianne yeah. Esposito. Uh, we'll put it on the calendar yes. uh, for sure. All and right, I'm totally, I, I'm oh. definitely making those. Those eggplant balls? What are we calling yes, those? Yes, the meatballs. Meatballs. Eggplant meatballs. <laughs> we just, They're right on we the just website. call them meatballs. <laughs> right. Eggplant meatballs. Ciaoitalia.com. That's where you need to go to check out all of this. And seriously, get this amazing book, Ciao Italia Plant Harvest Cook. We are covering... There it is. <laughs> Ciao Italia Plant Harvest and Cook. Because, you you know, get reconnected to your food. Even if you can't grow it yourself, you can get the freshest from your local farmer. Ooh, oh, it's, that oh, look that's good? beautiful. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> I'm so hungry now. I haven't had lunch yet. You, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost drooling. Okay, well, we'll let you go. <laughs> well, Marianne, I do appreciate you so much. And yes, let's hang out again this winter. I'll, I'll get a hold of Jill. We and, will. Uh, I'm going to hold you we'll to do that. It. I I hope that we'll you do. do. We'll and, do it. And if I come to New Hampshire, I I get I can stop by and, and have some comfort food. Absolutely, I'll make you cacio pepe right off the bat. Yep. Ah, uh, ah, uh, bueno, bueno, bueno. <laughs> so good, <laughs> awesome, ladies and gentlemen. Go get and all right, go go get Marianne's book. I promise you won't regret it. I'm definitely going to get it, and I'm definitely going to be cooking some things out of it. So, you know, stick around. Follow me on Instagram so you can watch watch me make her amazing recipes. And I hope I do it justice. Fingers crossed. You will. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, happy 30th anniversary on your show. That, that That's Thank amazing. Thank you. You're very welcome. And, and tell your husband to uh, keep up the good work as well. I, sh- I shall. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. We had a great time. And yeah, well, I will see you. I will see you this winter. You'll see me this winter. I'll hold awesome. you to that. Okay. Cool. Ciao, ciao. All right, ev- everybody, go get that book. Go watch my TV show. Go watch Marianne's TV show, Chai Italia on PBS. And uh, cheers. Cheers. Ciao. Ciao!